listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. Jeff, I am insanely excited today because you and I are going to play a game of snake oil. You ever played snake oil? No, but I have bought some before. <laughs> you have not. You've actually bought snake oil? <laughs> oh, or maybe maybe that was um, some kind of whey protein or, or something. That sounds about right. Pretty much all of GNC is snake oil, isn't it? The whole store? <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling my son that, but he doesn't listen to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 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 yesterday I, I um, I'm walking by the TV and my wife's waiting for the news to come on. And they, there's the end of this new show on Fox called Snake Oil. I don't know if you've seen any snippets of this thing. Mm-mm. And the premise of the show, it's David Spade. And the premise of the show is they put a bunch of products on screen and you try to, and the, and the, and the, get, the guest tries to figure out which one is fake, which ones are real, which ones are fake. So I'm going to play, I'm, I'm David Spade today, which is, is pretty good. Actually, I'd rather be Will Arnett because he was the guest. Host, so I'll be Will Arnett. My voice isn't deep enough. I love that guy. Anyway, so I'm going to give you four products and services and you have to tell me which, which one is snake oil, which, mm. which three are real. One is snake oil. You have to tell me what's, what's, what's snake oil. You ready? All right, I'm ready. Okay. Number one, motorcycle airbag jeans. So these are jeans that have airbags, airbags inside so that, that inflate on impact. So if you get in an accident, the airbags will deploy and protect your legs from a major injury. Okay. okay. Number two is a pool table urn. So it's, a, it's an urn for, you know, for ashes. If you are cremated, that's in the shape of a pool table. You can even play pool on top of it. It's kind of like a little mini urn. Okay. Mm-hmm. The third is turnkey LinkedIn lead generation services. Someone who will just build out lists and hammer people until they take a phone call with you and you're ready to go. And the fourth, this is my favorite, is coffee beans, coffee made from elephant dung. So the elephants eat the beans and it goes through their digestive tract. And when it comes out in the poop, people get the beans out, I guess, and clean them and and sell them as as coffee, coffee. So... Three of these are real. One of them is snake oil. Which one's the which one's the snake oil? And as a as a buyer of snake oil, I would imagine you'd be you'd be an expert at this. <laughs> Didn't see this intro coming, right. did you? So, so um, the airbag jeans. I would say definitely not snake oil. Because there is a quick inflate helmet already available for cyclists. So I would think taking that technology and applying it to jeans um, is is real and not snake oil. You are correct. That is real. Okay. Uh, Number two, uh, pool table urn. I wouldn't want it. (laughs) You wouldn't want that. But I remember... um, I was getting a haircut many years ago and my stylist told me a story about an artist friend of his who died from AIDS and he, um, in his last will and testament, asked that he be cremated and that his ashes be used on the glaze of one of his creations. He was a a potter. Wow. And they honored that. Wow. Okay. 
And I, I was just fascinated by that story. So knowing that story, I would say a pool table urn is not snake oil. It is, it is real. It is real. Pool table urn, real. Okay. All right. The coffee beans from an elephant. I have never heard of that. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> it certainly does. But I recall from the movie The Bucket List that there was a joke between, um, you know, the two actors. Uh, who was it? Jack Nicholas, N- Nicholson and uh, Morgan Freeman. the same thing, by the way. I get Nicholson Nicholson confused all the time. Anyway, keep going. Um, about this incredible coffee. And that coffee came from um, monkeys eating oh. beans and, oh, um, <laughs> and defecating. So <laughs> an elephant does not seem like a big stretch to me. Well, so I'm going to say, yes, it exists. According to this television show, it exists. So, so yes, it, it, is, it is real. It is real. So what's that leave you with? What's the snake oil? It's so obvious to me. <laughs> the moment you said it, I was like, that's the snake oil right there. Right there. And so. that is, that's not even, you know, six ounce glass bottle cork snake oil. It's not, you know, uh, a gallon of snake oil. That is a 55 gallon drum of snake oil. It's the whole GNC store in one in one buy. You can buy the whole <laughs> store right here. Yeah, I, I, I and I and I don't want to dismiss real quick. I don't want to dismiss that there are absolutely valid strategies to use LinkedIn for customer acquisition effectively. What I was sort of pointing at was the, you know, I, 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 five to eight inquiries a week you get of someone selling that solution where we're, we're just gonna turnkey this. We're just going to hammer people with LinkedIn connection requests. I mean, in fact, I came to the conclusion the other day, I was like, man, I haven't got a genuine real LinkedIn connection request in like weeks, but I've got like 30 from these, from these lead gen outfits. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. So like marketers ruin everything, but okay. So that's the topic for the day is no shortcuts is the working title of AKA, uh, snake oil. Maybe that doesn't, it's not a perfect metaphor, but um, so no shortcuts. What are we talking about here? Now, now that we've, you know, we've taken up listeners time with my, my game I wanted to play. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I have gotten this, this, this month alone from, from clients forwarded emails from, you know, event management firms. Gosh, what was that firm? I can't even remember the firm, but they always have these industry events and they guarantee, you know, this many meetings with this oh, level yeah. of buyer. Uh, and it's like know. 50 grand. It's a 50 grand yeah, price yeah. point to show. And they they are great at targeting managing partners and CEOs and CEOs so want it to be real. And they always bite on that hook. Yeah. And those those things always came to me as a marketer, either as uh, Jeff, what do you think? Or Jeff, I've scheduled a meeting. Can you join us with that? And the LinkedIn thing is just the you know, the next version. Yeah, the, the current manifestation of that. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, well, the, actually, that was the impetus for the podcast. Was you said you you had a client that forwarded you an email um, along those lines of some type of inquiry, um, and I think it was a cold email service, cold email selling service, and mm-hmm. and and I, I loved your response. So, I you know, they, basically, the client asked you what you thought, and you came back with like you know three simple thoughts, which I thought were really good. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, let's. Let's talk about that. So I think I think that there, when we say no shortcuts, what we mean is is I think that everyone's sort of looking for a quicker way to build a highly successful, thriving firm. And I think these pushy, straightforward emails that try to circumvent the entire buyer's journey and just kind of like say, "Hey, you know, here's what I sell. Do you need it right now?" Um, is sort of the latest manifestation of that, or doing that on LinkedIn with the LinkedIn connection request. I see, Jeff, that you're in marketing. I am too. Why don't we connect? <laughs> oh my gosh, what an insightful, you know. Why don't we request. get married? Yeah, why don't yeah, why don't we go hang out because we both are in marketing as well as the other 22 million users on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, th- there is um there is this sense that there's some <laughs> magical campaign initiative tactic that's going to produce and you, and you just mentioned it, all of these um, sales qualified leads where there's band. I want it. I want it now. Write me a proposal or whatever, and let's just get on with it. Yeah. Um, because people want the easy route, but I think it's also um, the realization for a lot of professional services firms that the anomaly of revenue growth of 2021 20, and 22 around the pandemic was real and legitimate and sustainable revenue growth and people want to get back to that and they're desperate to get back to that i i just don't think it's a realistic pers- perspective yeah um, it was an anomaly. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I just think it is. But that aside, I think most people in professional service firms don't understand that growth in revenue generation is hard work and it is sustained hard work. And they're pressed for time. So they're always looking for an easier way of doing it. Who wouldn't? If you could take yeah. some magic elixir and fix all your ailments, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, look at Osepic, right? The the new wonder drug. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, you mean I can take that, lose weight, not have to work out and 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 look good? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everybody why wouldn't that. why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. 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 No, I I I I really agree. I, one of the things I, I wanted to talk about, and I'll lean into this a little bit because of the way you set that up, is this idea that, you know, the idea of of a sales qualified lead showing up at the door, like you said, with Bant, um, ready to go. They've defined the problem. They recognize you're the solution. They've got money and they're ready to go. The idea that, that's, that, that that person is going to kind of like come in at the late stage of the buying process off of a of a simple tactic like an email or a LinkedIn message or a or a cold telephone call is 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 folly, um, and I think it dismisses some of the things we've talked about on this podcast for years. Just this idea of the buyer's journey and 
And, you know, I use a four stage model, as you know, we've, we've dissected it. We did an episode on it, but like you think about what has to happen inside of a client organization to do anything meaningful with a consulting firm. There's a lot of stuff, right? They have to recognize the problem. They have to research it, understand it, build consensus around it, invite solution providers into a discussion, look at all those options, you know, pick which one they want to go forward with. And then they have to build consensus on that, right? So it's like, there's just like layers and layers of complexity to this process and the idea that, to your point, you could just drop Ozempic in the middle of it and somehow, like, magically uh, that all disappears and just, bam, here we go, is is most likely folly. And just, it, it's hope. It's, it's not a strategy. Um, so I, I think that, well, let me pause. I don't, I don't know how quickly we want, to, we want to make the turn to the solution. I don't know if we want to spend more time diagnosing this short, I'm calling it short-termism right now, where it's kind of like, yeah. you know, isn't there a faster way to make this happen? Can't we just, can't this just be easier? I, there is an element of short-termism to it that I think yeah. is really important. A sense of urgency, because if you have people on the beach that you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose money paying them. Uh, you want to get them busy. I understand that business reality, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to discount that sense of urgency. Urgency, yes. Um, but it's it's kind of a akin. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out a metaphor. You know, your house is on fire, and you want the fire department to put it out, but you live in a place where you haven't taken the time to identify a water source, <laughs> run pipes from that water source to a fire hydrant, um, have the hose to attach to the fire hydrant, or even a fire department to spray the water on it. If you haven't put the infrastructure in place, you're gonna you're not gonna be able to put the fire out. Yeah. And you know, building a reservoir and digging and laying pipe and and uh, training people to put out fires takes time and it's an investment. Um, and a lot of firms don't do that. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason, or go ahead, you were going to say. No, something. no, I was just going to say, I wanted to piggyback what you said. You and I talked about this. I can't remember if it was on air or not, but, but um, this idea that like the, the, the thing I picked on in the snake oil game, this, this downstream LinkedIn lead generation type activity. I'm not saying that that can't work and you should never do it. But to your point, there's a whole system of infrastructure that needs to precede that. And that's things like ideal client, positioning, point of view, thought leadership development, like figuring out who you're trying to reach with that message and what you were going to say to them that's going to connect with them and make them say, yeah, I, I, okay, yeah, let's, let's have a conversation. Let's get to know each other. Right. And if you haven't done all that infrastructure building, if you haven't laid the pipelines, like you said, you haven't put the fire hydrant in place, there's no, there's no, there's no, it, to attach the hose to nothing. Right. So there's nothing to be said um, ver other than, hey, we're both in marketing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not helping <laughs> anything. Yeah. Um, need a firefighter? Yeah. Need a firefighter? I got a, I got a whole <laughs> bunch of firefighters, man. You know, so it's like, yeah, I, I love I love your metaphors. I think it's the it's 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 the right one, and also because because it, it speaks to this notion that like there's an infrastructure and an ecosystem you have to build in order to be successful with some of these, you know, 
quick tactics that 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 could could make a difference right now, right? Like it's like, you know, if you are struggling and your and your firm is not hitting the revenue target you want for the year, well, I don't know if the solution is to spin up a cold email campaign. Um, there are other things you might do, but that's maybe a different topic for a different episode. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. Can I yeah. mix metaphors? Yeah. So here's here's my take on on this. Um, I often think this result comes from the firm's mindset about growth and sales and marketing. And the metaphor I would use is this this concept of, um, you know, working out of of exercise. And um, I see three kind of mindsets. And, and, And I suspect we if we looked at ourselves, would fall into one of these three categories um, from a health and fitness perspective. If you were to look at these three categories and think about your marketing and sales approach as a firm, you would probably fall into a parallel category in terms of the investment that you've made in revenue generation. So, so here, here are the three, the way I see it. Okay. So the first one is that couch potato that sits on, it sits <laughs> on the couch. That's a good State Football <laughs> games and uh, eats potato chips, drinks beer. And then in, in December decides, you know what? it's time for me to exercise and creates a new year's resolution to join the gym and lose weight. So they spend the money on the gym membership. They go for one or two days. The gym's too crowded. They get kind of bored. They don't know what to do. They don't see any results in the first, you know, week. And they're like, I'm done. And they go back to the couch. The second is kind of the um, perpetual exerciser. You know, I know I need to exercise. My health is, cons- you know, important yeah. to me. So I'm going to exercise. So, you know, they get into running, they go running, their knees hurt. Then they're like, oh, I'll go into cycling. Cycling I do for a little while. Well, you know, I hear good things about swimming. We'll go swimming. Oh, pickleball. Pickleball is really cool, right? I can do that. Or Zumba or Pilates. They just go from fad to fad, right? Thinking that they are staying fit and sustaining a healthy lifestyle because they're moving, right? There's a lot of activities there. I've got a new gym membership. I've got, you know, a new whatever, and there's something to be said about that variety to keep your motivation up and in, in everything, but you're really just kind of dabbling in exercise, moving from from thing to to thing. The third thing I call, you know, 
the athlete that trains, that picks their sport, they choose their race. Let's say it's a runner. They choose the marathon. Um, they set the date for the race they want to run. They set a time they want to finish that race in. And then they start working backwards. What does that look in terms of my weekly mileage as I build at, you know, a, a healthy rate? Uh, what does that mean in terms of specific capabilities, whether that's threshold or VO2 max or base fitness or something um, along those lines that are really going to take their performance up? What do they complement that with in terms of strength training or sleep or mental preparation or diet? They think about those things and how they impact um, performance and then they execute it with the goal of performing on that day. I, I, I think firms fall in those kind of like three mindsets. I, I love it. When you, when you first set it up prior to the call, I was like, yeah, okay. But, but it's funny. I'm th- we're, we're, it's October when we're recording this anyway. So you're, a lot of firms are in budgeting season. And what does budgeting look like? Budgeting frequently in your exercising firm, your middle firm, it's sort of like, well, you know, we should write a bunch of content next year and we should you know, let's put some money into LinkedIn and see what happens. And maybe we'll run on, maybe we'll sponsor this event. And it's sort of like, well, we did this last year. Let's do a little bit more next year and see what happens. Right. Nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, but it's, it's sort of like um, starting with the tactics, not starting with the desired outcomes. Whereas the athlete, you know, your, your third option they're saying no. Let's 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 set a goal. Our goal is to get from where we are right now to this place that we want to be three years from now. And what are the things that we're going to do to get ourselves there? And now let's build a plan to do that over time, and to build that skill set, and build that strength, and build that muscle, and build that culture, and 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 hire the people we need to hire, and partner with the people we need to partner with. Right, like everything that needs to happen to get there. And it's a recognition that. Um, there are things we have to do in the short term to be successful, but if we're not building towards a longer term goal, then it's kind of a waste. There's no real point in doing this. Um, and it's funny, as you know, like th- that's our sales methodology, by the way. So when, we, when a new client inquires to us, that's, that's where we, we start on these longer term time horizons and we turn back into what needs to happen right now. And, and it's interesting as you describe those three firms, that looking back in those conversations, you can spot the firm. I never thought about it that way, but you can spot the firm. The firm that doesn't want to have that conversation or the answers are vague or fuzzy and they don't really, just like, why are you asking me this? I, I just, I just want to like, I just want to fix our messaging. Our messaging is broken. I mean, maybe it is, but that, that might just be one piece of your issue here. Right. You know? Um, <clears throat> and then the firms that are, 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 are athletes, like you described, I mean, they're all over it. Right. The, the, the CEO shows up at the meeting. He's like, oh yeah, well, here's what we need to have happen by then. It's this, 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 and this. And also like this, 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 and this. And you know, here's why. And it's like, and when you're in that conversation, it, it's, it's such a better conversation, right? It's kind of like, wow, like, everything's firing on all cylinders for everyone involved. Um, see, I love, I love the metaphor. I guess a question I have is like, <laughs> you're describing a culture, right? 
can you change if you're, if you're the couch potato or the exerciser? I'm not saying that I, I get. I guess that that is coming off a little negative. Like the, like like the the best culture is to be the athlete, right? So can can you morph from one to the next, or are you kind of stuck and you and you have to rethink everything? Or I don't know, what, what's your? I mean, this probably is going a little bit left of where we started, but just curious what your take is. I don't think so, um, and it's the reason. I articulated it as a mindset. Yeah. If you change your mindset, you can change the approach. Yeah. But until you change the mindset, the approach is not going to come along. Um, So if you decide, let's say you're the couch potato and you have your annual fitness checkup with the doctor and the doctor says, you know, you have type two diabetes and you know your back is starting to compress or whatever because of your extra weight or you know whatever you know your your cholesterol is building that can be a wake-up call that says whoa something needs to change i got to get off the couch i have to change my diet and you have the motivation to get up and start moving. Maybe you jump from couch potato to dabbler in exercise. And as you're dabbling, you find a passion for one of those things. And then you say, hey, I want to do my first race. And you start to learn. Yeah, I, I think that can happen. But it comes with a mindset change. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I heard a speaker a couple of years ago. And, and he was saying one of the main reasons that people struggle to adopt new exercise habits is because they don't have a clear goal for the reason of why they're doing it. And, and he's like the, the, the number one way to get to, 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 to build, you know, recurring habits that stick, at least in the area of exercise is to establish a very clear and specific long-term goal in the future and then paint a picture around that goal. So it might be something as like, you know, you're, your goal is to basically be active and able to go travel and spend time and hike and walk with your grandkids 12 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it might be. And if you set that specific goal and you paint a very clear picture and a vision of that goal, the likelihood that you'll do what has to happen to get there goes up dramatically. So to reinforce your metaphor, it's like, it's go for a lot of firms. The mindset is like, well, yeah, yeah. The house is on fire. I I, ha, I have to put the fire out right now. I, I can't wait. I can't think about three years from now. But that's actually the problem is that like if you stop and think about, well, what does our house look like in three years? The solution to how you get the fire out now actually presents itself better. That's um, an excellent point. It's, you know, it, it, that's exactly right. Um, I love the way you're together. Like only Jason Malicki can. <laughs> that's not you just coalesced in a nice crisp summary I, I i agree wholeheartedly and and what additional time does that take i don't know is that one month is that two months if if you're in that dire straits where you can't take a month out to sit back and align the firm about what the problem is and where you're going I would say there's no help for you. It's funny, by the way, by the way, um, 
Built to Last, I believe, was Colin's work on this. And some of the greatest companies, most successful companies were founded in the most difficult economic environments and circumstances. So usually great things come out of stressful moments. You know, if a firm is struggling, it's usually when you find that clarity and vision, that clarity and purpose, that, you know, that, that future goal that changes things and drives things. And so like, I guess if you're a firm listening to this and you're struggling in this moment with, you know, for whatever reason, you know, that's be, would be what I would point to. It's like this idea that like, well, these are the best times to, to, for introspection and to figure out, well, why is this happening? And how do we solve it? Not just now, but for the future. So it doesn't happen again. So, um, well, let's take it to wrap. Any, anything, anything we didn't cover that, you know, I know both, we both had kind of like, you know, parallel outlines on this. And so I'm curious, if there's anything in your outline that we didn't cover? We covered most of what I want to cover, at least I think that's meaningful. So, well, let's, let's give listeners kind of the way forward. Okay. Um, I think there are three things that firms can do if they're not doing them now. And if they are doing them now, that they might be able to do them better. So building on on the um, health and fitness metaphor, the first thing firms can do is define the race, right? However it's going to be. Is it going to be growth? Is it going to be revenue? Is it going to be market share? Is it going to be creating a legacy brand? You know, define the race. Yeah, what game are we playing here? What game are we playing? Um, what markets are we attacking? What's our core capability? Where do we want to play? Where do we need to close the gap in terms of our brand's relevance in order to play there? You have to start with the target because you have to identify the training gap. So say where, to your point, pick it, right? Just yeah. pick it. That will help you put the fire out short term by picking the goal long term. Um, and, and long term doesn't need to be 10 years or five years. Go two. Yeah. Um, just say, you know, we want to get there, but you got to define that. Two, you need to establish the training regimen. If you don't know what the regimen is, you need to get a coach. Or you need to go do some research, right? If you're going to develop your own plan, right? Do the research, get a book, buy an app. But probably the fastest way, this may be self-serving, get a coach, right? If you want to get there faster because the house is burning, get a coach, right? Yeah. So you're not, you're not dabbling in things um, you don't want to because a coach can help you Define the goal because defining goals are really hard in professional services firms because there's a lot of different voices and an outsider can help you cut through that and, and get to the essence of where you want to go. A coach is going to know the best approaches, right? You don't do this, you do that. Or, you know, you do this much um, zone two, that much threshold, that much VO2 max work or whatever the case may be. They'll have the answers to those big questions that you probably don't. Um, so they, so they bring you 
that. And they're going to be able to help you set up, I call it the, the frequency, duration, and intensity of those activities, right? That are going to give you the optimal results. So um, you have to have the training regimen, which from this perspective is a marketing strategy, a sales strategy, and a plan for both of those. And then the third one is get started, right? Just start. Run or walk the first quarter of a mile. Run or walk the half mile. Build to a mile. Build to two miles, right? Start building in those specific strength builders. Um, Learn how to be mentally tough when it's cold and dark and wet and you're comfortable in bed. How do you get out of bed and go for that run regardless, right? What's your approach when you run into that? And, you know, I think the equivalent of staying in bed for professional services is consultant work, right? Client work. Oh, I can't run today. I have to be with my client. (laughs) So you miss one day of training because you had to take care of the client. So the next day, oh, I still have to take care of the client and you fall out of habit. You can't let that happen. You have to have a plan to uh, get out of bed. I'm going to selfishly piggyback that real fast. So um, I haven't, this won't hit the street for another month or so, but we did some research recently on um, what I call the intersection of pipeline and delivery um, and trying to understand like um, what the firms that are best at managing that delicate balance of serving clients and building new business do differently. And the, the, the snippet of data, there's going to be a, a white paper coming out on this. I'm going to be running a webinar on it as well. But the snippet of data I'm going to share is that of the fastest growing consulting firms, 81 of, 81% of them are, are, are very or extremely effective in that area. So like the vast majority of high growth firms recognize that you can't go tunnel vision, narrow, only think about the client all day long. You've got to balance that with some broader look at the marketplace that that says, how are we going to build a pipeline and how are we going to grow our business beyond our existing client base simultaneously? And and sort of the way you manage that, that delicate balance is super critical to growth. Um, so that's going to drop within the next month and, and uh, I'll encourage listeners to check it out when it does. It'll be on the Rattleback site. But yeah, yeah I look that, forward to I look forward to to seeing that. So 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 those are the, the kind of three things I'd recommend. If you don't have the capacity or wherewithal to kind of think through that and do that. And what you really need from this podcast is what can I do right now? Um, I, I sent, uh, an email like this. I'm going to write a blog post on this, but I, 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 I sent, uh, an email saying, this is how you need to prioritize your immediate activity if you need revenue today, right? We're burning. We need revenue today. Jeff, all that good stuff out there that you you and Jason just described, I get it, but we need revenue today. Then I think this is how you should 
think about and prioritize your your activities. The 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 very first should we go through those? Do you think real quick? Um if we can do it in less than five minutes, because I don't want to overextend our welcome. Okay. But yes. All right. So we will not, I, I won't go deep on these. People will know what these are. Number one, you have to expand your service at existing clients, right? Keep them, re-up, expand. They know you, go do it. Um, Trust you, go. Right. Second, reactivate prior clients. Go back to the clients that love you, but aren't engaged right now, bring them an idea or solution based on your understanding of their business, reactivate them. Um, Number three, generate referrals from the existing clients. Call them up and say, hey, we're working on this. We have these ideas. We have capacity. Do you know anybody that has these types of issues? However you want to approach that based on your relationship with them, ask them for help, referrals. I also, real quickly, I want to say uh, firms are afraid of looking weak. It's okay to, be, there's a difference between being weak and being like vulnerable a little bit to say like, hey, you know, we're not having a really great, our next year is not looking as great as we'd like. Do you have any referral? Like it's okay to make those types of ask of your existing clients. Your best clients, the ones that love you, they want to help you. They want you to succeed because you're a valuable resource to them. You know, we, we heard, uh, Dave Patnayak from Jump talked very vulnerably about that um, on our podcast, and I think it's worth a re-listen if you haven't heard it because they had t- they had some tough moments, and and it was their their core clients that love them that that carried them through, um, and they're thriving now, right? So, yeah, um, there was great insights from from him. I love that. So four. Well, I'm sorry, I'm, I cut you off. Number all right, four. Number four. All the leadership, all the consultants. <clears throat> Shake your trees. Go to your network and professional um, friends, um, whatever the case may be. Network, get out, offer them value, ask for value in return. You have hundreds of relationships that you have probably neglected. Get out and start rebuilding them, prioritize. But if you're sitting in the office, on the beach with focus on internal activities or something, and you need revenue right now, you're not spending your time the right way. Get out, meet people, call people, start shaking the trees. Because those are the people that know you, trust you, and they can be multipliers for you. Five, if you're a channel partner, get out and really press the channel, right? Bring them something of value, some idea, some solution that's going to help them reduce churn, close more sales, um, uh, expand the services of whatever platform that is. But start collaborating with your tech partner uh, in the channel. You never know what's going to come out of it, but they have their finger on the pulse of leads, right? So. Yeah. Shortest point, they know you, you're, you're in the channel, you're verified, you can get going. Um, there's a, a, an additional list of that, but if, if you just start doing those things, I think you'd be, you'd see some movement in your pipeline pretty quickly. Yeah, those are, 
fabulous action items. And uh, please write the blog post because I think it's a really valuable blog post to have, you know, now and forevermore as a reminder of what to do when <laughs> it's the break glass blog post, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but um, all right, let's take it to wrap. Real quick question before we wrap. Should, should we make snake oil a recurring uh, recurring episode on this podcast where we play snake oil now and then? I thought that was pretty snake, good. Snake oil of the month? Yeah, snake oil of the month. Oh, my gosh. If I get another cold email, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. Um, it, it. These these people are all playing out of the exact same playbook because it's like they all can't come in the same basic you know, delivery time frame. They all have essentially the same subject line, whether that's quick question or moving this to the top of your inbox or, you know, are you the right person to speak about? I, I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, well, that's, I think that might be end up, end up being a, a podcast in and of itself at some point, but we'll, we'll, we'll recircle to that one. But um all right. Well, um, good talking to you. Have a great week. We'll we'll talk again here in a week. Too. All right, buddy. See ya. Cool. See ya. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.